Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from torrential typhoons to tenacious tomfoolery. And today, we're talking about Tritons. Uh, so yeah, today uh, we're talking about Tritons. It's the final race in Volo's Guide Whoa. that we're talking about. Wow, we're finally getting through Volo's Guide here. Indeed, indeed we are. I have one question for you, Will. Yes. What the hell is a Triton? Okay, so Tritons are, they're they're a fish people, if you will. Okay. They're they're like uh, an aquatic humanoid. I don't want to say fish people. That's not quite um, accurate because like fish people would be more like the Sawajin or the Kuatoa. Okay. Yeah, things you might not be familiar with. But Definitely we'll, not. They'll get their own episodes one day. Um, but they are uh, aquatic humanoids. They look basically they're like blue skin humanoids with greenish hair. They stand roughly five feet tall. Um, they have webbed feet and hands, um, fins on their calves and back. Um, they used to have tails like merfolk before fifth edition, but now they have legs. Yeah, it's really hard to uh, make clothes for people with tails. Indeed. Do you have? Do you? Can you give me like what is different about this than like a water genasi? Because you, I just pictured a water genasi. So okay, that's a good question. Um, water genasi and tritons actually hail from the same plane of existence. They Ooh. both live. Uh, they're both from the elemental plane of water. Water genasi are related to genie specifically. Okay. I think water genasi are more inherently tied to the element of water sure. rather than a watery habitat. Uh, okay, I, I kind of um, get what you mean. Both races do have some inherent water uh, like magic. control and water magic. Yeah, but the genasi um, sounds inherently more magical based. Like I would say so. Um there is definitely about water as a like lot a of crossover, of yeah. but they are completely different people with completely different cultures and completely different origins. 
Although they kind um, of sound like they look similar. I'm sure I, in the face it's always The thing about Genasi is the way they look just varies wildly That's true. depending on your edition. Like mm-hmm. sometimes And your setting, really. And your setting. Like sometimes water Genasi have like the aquatic like the fins, like the fish like mm-hmm. stuff. But and the webbing, I've seen that the too. The webbing. Yeah, but that's not actually canon, I don't think. I think canon they're supposed to be uh green skinned or blue skinned and have like watery kind of flowing hair. Almost like a water elemental person, right? Versus okay. like a fish-like person. So this this uh, a triton's face is more like an ocean creature. Yeah, more like a, an aquatic animal, if you will. Like their okay, skin yeah, sure. is more. I wouldn't say it's like scaly exactly, but it's definitely more fish-like. Fish-like. Like, so, so kind of like thing, how a bullywug is like a frog person. This is. I guess so. Similar. The thing is, like, it doesn't make sense for the water genasi to have these animalistic water features mm-hmm. because it's the only that would make it the only genasi that's like that every other genasi their extra features are inherently of the element right that they represent right but that's just my opinion obviously it's your game it could be however you want but i'm just saying canon wise that's that's how no, I, I think see that it. tracks okay so the tritons are a deep cut man there there's not a lot written about them They've been around since original D&D. They, they have a smattering of things written about them all the way up to 3.5. They're not in 4th edition at all. They've reappeared in 5th edition uh, with a makeover. Again, before, they used to be like merfolk. They sure. had tails. Uh, now they don't. Now they're like humanoids that can walk, mm-hmm. which is very useful if you're playing an actual player character. Yeah. So let's... Uh, need to walk. Yeah. No pun intended, but I had to do a deep dive to get the information on these guys. So... Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the They are originally from the elemental plane of water. It is said that they were driven to the prime by a sense of duty. Essentially, in their homeland of the of the elemental plane of water, their armies had driven back all like the evil creatures of the deep, like the Krakens and the Sawajin. That's and, like, fucking dope. Yeah, it's what? really cool. Yeah, That's, the, the sea drakes cool. and the leviathans and all that. They drove them into a section of the elemental plane of, of water called the Darkest Depths. <laughs> okay, nice. After some time of peace goes by, there's like there's like no um what's the word i'm looking for like conflict or? uh not not conflict um like things happening there's no action there's oh no, it's, it's gotten dull no it's not gotten dull like there's no um Purpose? no like there's no the things in the deep there's no stirrings from them oh it's all quiet like and, and they get curious oh, where have like, these things gone it's too quiet it's too quiet Han Solo's yeah. like i've got a bad feeling about this indeed uh-huh. so they end up sending out expeditionary force to see what the hell happened. They discover that all these monstrosities have left the elemental plane of water and into the prime. Oh, shit. They've been fought back so well that they're like, well, fuck this place. We can't live here anymore. Yeah, indeed. It's time for us to fuse and become a giant ocean creature and wreck the material world. Indeed, indeed. So the Tritons, feeling as if this is their fault in a way, like they should have done a better job, (laughs) and it is, they send out a massive expeditionary force into the prime. Where that's what they're dedicated to now. Now enough times gone by that the Tritons and the Prime live there and they have cities there, and they are the self-proclaimed stewards and protectors of the sea. They stay vigilant against all these evil things in the ocean. They're just like they're so pro. They're just going to go do it in another plane. Indeed, they're just indeed do they the are. same thing they've been doing. So theoretically, there's Tritons on both planes. Okay, so they're a very organized and lawful people with uh, both cities and standing armies. Um, they actively are defending the surface against things like krakens and sea leviathans and whatnot it's like this unknown war going on beneath the sea so the plot of aquaman 
I guess so, yeah. This is a DC very comic. So. It very much is, yeah. <laughs> um, like, no this, one gives a shit about yeah. Aquaman because they have no idea what the fuck is yeah, going exactly. on Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, despite all this conflict, they are a relatively unknown presence, and this is due to their inc- incredibly remote locations. They tend to make their cities, like, on the edges of, like, Mariana Trench-type places. Okay. Because that's where the things are coming at us, so we need to be right here Might at well the forefront. Just, why yeah. would we want to go, like, fight it after, yeah. like, traveling? We just... just <laughs> Fuck, we'll right. be right here. Yeah, we'll just wait for it right here. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so um, they're generally a noble and good-spirited people. I get a real paladin kind of feel from them. Well, yeah, they've, they've got like a mission here, they got a right? mission. they got a sense of honor, a sense of duty, and they, they live up to it, and they don't waver from it. Yeah, they're generally trying to fucking speaking. fight back the Kraken. Yeah. I, I'm, ta- I'm assuming they can't like, it's hard to kill. They can just, if they, it they can, overwhelm like, swim it away very fast. I imagine so. Yeah, yeah, it just gets away. It's yeah. like, fuck, we can't swim that fast. Yeah. So... Even though they're good-natured and good-spirited and generally lawful good people, they have this strong, arrogant streak that makes them come across as real jerks to oh. outsiders. And a big part of this is due to their, their isolation and their subsequent not-understanding of the outside world. So the Tritons are... they are Not only do they see themselves as protectors of the world, they are. They, they protect the world from terrible evils. Okay. And they have a long history of war and victory over great monsters that threaten everything. Nice. And it's the abs- warrior race of the deep. Right. And it's absurd of them to think that like the s- surface dwellers know nothing of this. They just automatically assume that like this is a known thing. So when they come onto the, to the, the, the surface land, they expect to be greeted as heroes, as allies, as even mentors, as, as people above the land dwellers, if you yeah. will. And when they're not, like they're really insulted by it. Yeah, and it's probably that way every time because they're probably always treated like Aquaman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so, but it also doesn't help that they talk down to the land dwellers because they feel like they're better than the land dwellers and that the land dwellers owe them something. Right. And uh, like, That's what, like the Aquaman rebrand. Right. Well, if you, one could argue that the land dwellers do kind of owe them, but like at the same time, like you can't expect them to know any of this stuff. You don't talk to anybody. You stay under the ocean. You can't expect people to know. Yeah. Anything. And then you go up to like uh, average guy, Johnny, and he's like, I can't even fucking swim. Yeah. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. What's a kraken? Like what? Kill the fishman. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <That's> scary. <laughs> um, and on top of it, I mean, the ignorance is a two-way street. They know nothing of the political, you know, outside world of the changing kingdoms and well, you said a lot of things on the podcast, I have. but I really like ignorance is a two-way street. That's a very good one. Is it? That's okay, a very good yeah. thing. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's a two-way street, and um. It's just hypocritical of them, really. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it doesn't come from a bad place, but it comes across in a bad way. I mean, does it? I think it does come from a bad place. I mean, I think they, they're they a good and noble people, and they do a lot of good for the world. Yeah. And they're kind of jerks about they're it. They're just but dicks they're not, about it. That's but not cool. Not, but they're not like but they did subjugating the f- people. They're true. not like attacking or being violent. They're just snooty about it. Yeah. I mean... That's annoying. It's annoying, without a doubt. And I think they're supposed to come across as annoying. I am loving the role play here. Yeah, indeed. They're they're lawful good, but they're kind of like that... that, they're arrogant. You see, you see jokes on the internet of lawful asshole. Mm-hmm. Like the lawful That's asshole. This. That's this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's take a short rest. <laughs> let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about. We're talking about you and how much we love you for listening to the show or watching the show. Thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate you guys very, very much. If you like our content, I highly recommend you tell somebody about it because that's how we get word out about <laughs> the show. Do. Please do. Yeah, it really helps us out. If you could, if you guys could just all just, you know, look to your left, look to your right. Tell the people that you saw in those directions about the dungeon cast. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, other ways to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Um, we've got some cool bonus content up there. Some of the major ones are like live one shots or what are they called? Yeah, we got live play one shots. Live play one shots. We got holiday adventures. Holiday adventures. Which are also live play one shots. And early episodes. Yes. As soon as we finish recording these, same day, I pretty much put them up on Patreon so you can listen to episodes one to two weeks early. Um, some other little goodies on there coming up. Um, but you, if you belong on Patreon with us, then you'll see them. Um, you can also find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast or on YouTube or anywhere podcasts can be found. You can find us on Twitter at the dungeon cast. Will's doing some cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can email us at, uh, the dungeon cast at gmail.com. Uh, we do want to talk about something very special to us and it should be special to you too. 
Yes, we're running two concurrent contests. I believe by the time this episode drops, there'll be two weeks left in the contest. That sounds right. On that, but I think that's right. Um, so in both contests, we're giving away a copy of uh, Mordenkainen and Stoma Foes, the newest D&D book released on May 29th, which is also the day that we are announcing the winners. That's right. To enter either contest uh, on Twitter, to enter, you all you got to do is tweet a link to an episode of our show, whether that be the YouTube channel or uh, one of the one of the many podcast feeds out there. Um, and if you do that with the hashtag DungeonCast, you'll be entered to win a copy of Mordenkainen and Stoma Foes. On the YouTube side of things, we have a video called Our Mordenkainen and Stoma Foes Giveaway. Uh, we'll go ahead and put a link to that video in the description. If you go ahead and go to that video, like the video, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment below telling us what you're most excited to see in Mordenkainen and Stoma Foes, you'll be entered in that contest to win one of the books that we're giving away. That's right. Again, we will be announcing the winners on May 29th. And uh, yeah, best of luck. And to be clear, we we think you're all winners. But for this particular contest, there's only going to be two. Indeed. <laughs> and indeed. Indeed. So with that, I think we should get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. Back all right, Ryan, we're back. Yes. Still talking about Tritons. We are still talking about That'd be weird if we weren't. It, yeah, you're right. It would be. Um, but we are, so it's okay. Welcome back um, to the podcast, everybody. In, indeed. Um, so I think the last thing we were talking about was how Tritons are kind of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> but, Surprisingly. But they're actually, they're pretty cool still. They're like, just ignorant. Okay. Despite their attitude, Tritons have a very self-sacrificing and uh, like a protecting kind of culture. They're just mad when yeah. you don't like recognize that. Yeah. They, <laughs> they just want their due. But um, <laughs> they're always the first to pick up arms to defend the world when, with their lives, by the way. They put their lives on the line. Oh, yeah. And against the evils of the deep. They do it like like without qualms. It's just what they do. Like they're a very self-sacrificing people. So I think okay. it's respectable. Yeah. I mean, sure. So I would just be pissed if like they came up asking me about it and like Yeah, I mean it, again it is What yeah. the fuck? You love me, right? Well well a train on land is very much a fish out of water. They <laughs> not only are they completely ah. yeah <laughs> not only are they completely ignorant of like the politically fractured state of like the various humanoids and whatnot and like all the different like alliances and rivalries and all the general the xenophobia. Yeah. The general xenophobia of everybody just a everywhere. Basic theme and, and like, and D and D classic. Yeah, it's true. Um, not, not only is all that foreign and strange to them and they find it confusing and it also makes them feel like all the other humanoids are inferior because the Tritons are like, they are a, a united people. It doesn't matter what city you're from. Like they're all got one mission. A Triton's a Triton. Yeah. A Triton's a Triton's a Triton. And they all know oh, shit. it. That's yeah. three. That's three. Okay. <laughs> so to them, it's it's just completely bizarre seeing how fractured everyone else is and how like not on the same page everyone else is. Yeah, man. But, they're coming um, up into all this different sets of problems. Like, indeed. What do you mean like, dragons? Do you yeah. mean like a turtle dragon? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so not only all that, but like the being on land kind of disorients them like the lack of vertical mobility you know underwater yeah. you can go up and down you can't do that on land i think it's like the aracocra you know how they have i was just gonna um, say they're like super friends with birds <laughs> they're like i right. understand you bird yeah i understand your play. You're the well, fish of the sky with with aracocra they have a a whole like the lack of being able to go down forever because they're used to the elemental plane of air like it just throws them off so it's, <laughs> a, it's a similar type thing also the concept of seasons is very alien and bizarre to them there are, aren't really seasons in the ocean but so. there are though. Are there? Yeah, totally. I didn't know this. I'm pretty Tell sure. Tell me more. Um, well, what, what do you got? I just know that, that there are. <laughs> well, like there's temperature fluctuations, especially yeah, in places true. with like a coral environment. I know that it's very heavy. Okay. okay. Um, you know, like UV exposure and things like that is important hmm. for coral reef. Well, okay. <laughs> that's I'm all just, I got, man. I'll, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, no, that's fair. <laughs> and and maybe you can like twist that into actual seasons in the sea. I think the idea here is that. 
that there isn't seasons in the ocean of D and D. I think a lot of it is, is temperature based and like yeah, cur- which makes sense. Stuff. You know, so maybe there are maybe D and D. But just I would imagine have that their, their their science knowledge up to par. I would imagine that they uh, they have like when they go to the surface and they see what seasons are like on the surface in the air, like that's radically different. Most right. likely. So yeah, exactly. Just the fact that there's not a lot of water. Yeah. It's very alien and bizarre to them. You have to drink it. What? Yeah. Like actively go get it out of a well. <laughs> no, it's not just all around you all the time. <laughs> just jump in the well. So before we get into the <laughs> mechanics, um, the last thing I want to say is Tritons can have inherent magical abilities tied to the original plane of their existence, the plane of water, water control is kind okay. of what they usually get. They get some mechanical stuff, but so I was like minimal overlap for Genasi and Tritons. Yeah. Minimal overlap. I, I think in, uh, I was reading a really old, like it was like 1991 D D dragon magazine Hell yeah. called like the sea people or something. And in there, like there's like a wizard and he's like talking about it in the first person. And, uh, He's talking about how like they're like water sorcerers and inherently water magicians and whatnot. I was gonna say like how do, what's your spell list like? You know, right, ca- right? Are you gonna cast fireball? How does that work underwater? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Welcome to fantasy yeah, physics, everybody. Indeed, fantasy physics. <laughs> the fireball would still work underwater, I would think. What the it's, fuck? Really? It's magical fire. It's not normal fire. You can't put out magical fire with water. Well, no. I mean, it would go out instantly. But like, so like, I with fireball i think it just does flat damage i don't think anything gets lit on fire unless it's like an inanimate object yeah so i think that part of it would not work it wouldn't light anything it's on more fire. like a big force blow. but it probably turn into like a heat blast heat blast yeah it's just like steam like and honestly like that's devastating just boiling water yeah just a chemical reaction yeah. being like thrown and hurled so like yeah. distance wouldn't really factor at that point i think it would factor just like it normally would Oh, well, I mean, of course, like it would go this, this, like you can cast a fireball spell with like 60 feet. I think something like that. So underwater, it wouldn't be like slowed down. It would just be 60 feet of distance underwater. That's how I would do it. Actually, it's more powerful if you're like swimming like 20 feet up off the surface and then you have like that whole range of motion is available to you. Yeah. Like in that axis around your entire body. I I think Gus cantrip. I think I would play it if you're above water and cast a fireball spell. It's a. It's a normal fireball spell, yeah. and when it hits the water, it doesn't go into the water. Okay, but if you cast it underneath the water, like it manipulates the, the water, the the water itself hot. like boils, and then you throw like a boiling water ball. So water they don't sphere. call it fireball; they call it boiling water sphere. They <laughs> they call it boiling. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful. But you know, but you don't need to say it. Yeah, it will fuck, <laughs> it will fuck you up. So like ray of frost. I mean, it turns into ice spear, and you have yeah, to throw it. It's like a beam of ice underwater. Yeah, it would just turn into that like, a, like a ice spear, I guess. Okay, okay. There's a Mega Man boss that like makes ice dragons that like yeah. fly out of a lance. I can, okay. You know, I've haven't, of... I haven't really like had to deal with this issue, and I've never really thought about this issue. But you bring up a good point. Like a lot of these elemental spells would probably react differently if you're completely submerged in water. Wow, like tackling that would change everything. Like you have to look at every single spell. But that... also, it comes down to flavor. Because okay, is Ray of Frost like a beam of ice, or is it like a ray that when it touches you, you freeze? You know what I mean? Like, hey, that's a good point. Exactly, like a beholder so, ray or whatever. Yeah. It when like you doesn't actually make anything happen until it hits you. Yeah, when you cast Fireball, is the Fireball in your hand and you hurl it, or do you like cast something and a Fireball like appears where you cast it and it explodes? Like that's oh, that's all I flavor picture, thing. I always picture a Fireball fireball spell like erupting out of someone's like finger or whatever or, like yeah. their wand i always picture fireball as like someone putting their hand out like this and a fireball like an orb appearing above and then they hurl it and then it like, explodes i always picture my fireball in a tuxedo sh- t-shirt and it says i want to be formal but i'm here to party 
Anyways, it's up to flavor. It's up to flavor, as you can plainly see. Yeah. Okay, let's get into uh, Triton mechanics. Yes. So, um, okay, I, I found this interesting. They're the first race that I think we've talked about that gets more than a plus one to just two things. They get a plus one to three things. Whoa, Yeah, they okay. get a plus one to strength, constitution, and charisma. Nice. Um, already, I'm like, ooh, that would make a really good paladin. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, they uh, already sound like paladins. So tritons reach maturity at age 15. They can live up to about 200 years old. So about twice the lifespan of humans. Um, we talked about this. Tritons tend towards like uh, an alignment of lawful good. Um, I think I said this earlier, but tritons are a little bit smaller than humans. They average about five feet tall. Okay. Yeah. Um, their speed, their base walking speed is about 30 feet. They also get a swimming speed of 30 feet, which makes sense. Totally. They mm-hmm. can breathe both air and water. Um, their inherent magical abilities is a racial feature called control air and water. Um, a child of the sea, you can call on the magic of elemental air and water. You can cast fog cloud with this trait starting at third level. Nice. You, yeah. Starting at third level, you can cast gust of wind with it. And starting at fifth level, you can also cast wall of water. That's cool. And I think Wall of Water is a spell that was made for this race. There is literally a spell block in in this like racial thing. Okay. On, in Volo's Guide. Wow. <coughs> That's interesting. I didn't read the mechanics on it, but I, I imagine it's like Wall of Fire, except for it's just water. Oh, okay. Uh, your charisma is the base stat for this. So that'd be... And that you got a plus one cool. to that. So. Yeah, you get a plus one to that. Yeah, <clears throat> cool. So, that's so probably gonna be you also get good. yeah, you also get a, f- a feature called emissary of the sea. Um, aquatic beasts have an extraordinary affinity with your people. You can communicate simple ideas with beasts that can breathe water. Uh, they can understand the meaning of your words, though you have no special ability to understand them in return. So Aquaman, basically Aquaman. Aquaman yeah, Gar- guardians of the depths. Adapted to even the most extreme ocean depths, you have resistance to cold damage, and you can ignore uh, any of the drawbacks caused by. A deep underwater environment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like high pressure. Yeah, high pressure. Exactly. Cool. So, again, that's circumstantial, but you are a Triton. So I would imagine if you're playing a Triton, you're probably going to have a lot of water in your adventure. I mean, if the DM is relatively kind. I mean. To a certain extent, you got to give the Triton a, a little bit of time to shine. Probably at yeah. some point you should. Maybe like a big ass lake. I don't know. Yeah. Is, it, is there like a fresh water to salt water thing are, going on I guess on these here? guys are a lot like the Zora people in, in that, Hyrule. That's I, what I immediately didn't even thought think of, about but that, yeah. I didn't want to. Like keep bringing up Zelda because I do that a lot. Well, I have, actually I haven't done it in a long ass no, time. Last no. episode I did. Yeah, you should have done it, man. Should have. You, you did it though. So it's the Zora did, people right now. Zora people. Yeah. See, that's a. I always wondered about that too because there seemed to be freshwater Zora, and then there seems to be saltwater Zora. Is there? There's a. There's a difference. I don't know if there is like. I mean, canonically, it doesn't seem like there's a oh, difference. Oh, yeah, I but, don't think so. But because the settings are, like, secular, so in... Like, oh, you're Ocar- talking about Majora's Mask versus Ocarina of Time. Yeah, because yeah. in, in Majora's Mask, they're a, uh, a saltwater people, and in right. Ocarina, they're freshwater people. They live right. in, like, a lake. Yeah. And in Breath of the Wild, they seem to be a freshwater people again. I don't know. I don't, I don't see... think I don't think there's a, uh, a distinction. I oh, think but water I is water than that. I think there's a Zora out there. Yeah, I don't think so, because in Breath of the Wild, there's a Zora out in the ocean. There you that's go. That's, like, rando, but he's out yeah. there. I would imagine with Tritons, there probably isn't much of a distinction either. Although, because of their mission, they're in the ocean mm. doing ocean stuff. Yeah. If you're an ocean uh, Triton, then you're probably just like a little more bitter, a little more like. I'm trying I mean, to make they a, love what they do. I'm trying to make a joke about being salty. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, for it languages, well. you can speak, read, and write, comment, and also primordial. I like that it's primordial, but at the same time, it probably would make more sense if they speak Aquan. Yeah. A, you know, okay. Because like, Orin is the air one. It's Aquan yeah. is the water there's one. Four, there's four uh, planar Aquanese. elemental languages, and pri- primordial is like the mother tongue that kind of encompasses them all. Okay. 
So it's like so there's probably you, roots of primordial in like every subsect of the language. Yeah, I think the way it works is if you speak primordial, you can talk to all these people. Okay. But if you speak Aquan, you can only speak to Aquan people and primordial people. Only speak to Aquan people speaking Aquan. Yeah, and or you could speak to someone speaking primordial in Aquan. I think. I think yeah. So yeah, I mean, it should probably be like yeah. it should probably be both ways. Yeah, <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure okay. the rules are defined somewhere, but I don't know what they are. I wonder what Aquan sounds like. Does it sound like somebody? <laughs> yeah, like just some like. Just <laughs> or maybe it's like whale talk. <laughs> <laughs> noises. Yeah. It just sounds like bubbles. <laughs> or yeah, maybe it just sounds like bubbles and like sloshing water. Yeah, like or like when you pour stream. a bucket of water into yeah, a pond. That's gonna be really weird to like enunciate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like sorry, like what? <laughs> Nothing. Let's end the show. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna game. call it a game. We're gonna talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Got it in one. Very strong opening. Yeah, it was. I thought so. (laughs) Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.